championship football. About to show these boys how we really get down, man. 16 weeks. Let's go. Thousands of hits, catches, tackles, kicks, passes, and blocks. A lifetime's worth of blood and sweat. All poured into a 60-minute, bone-crushing, adrenaline-fueled battle of bodies. Welcome to Go for the Two. Go for the Two. With Yahoo Sports Radio college football analyst Joe Lisi and former Georgia Bulldogs wide receiver Corey Allen. Corey Allen. Right, let's rock and roll. Yeah. up. Here's Joe and Corey. It's great to be back on this Monday, February 1st. A long off-season of college football awaits. We were really uh, subjected to a great national championship game. Alabama taking the title 45-40 to 40 over the Clemson Tigers. Where do the Alabama Crimson Tide go from here? We'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But I'm joined by a very special guest. He played for Alabama from 1998 to 2000, a personal favorite of mine. I want to welcome in former Alabama linebacker Marvin Constant. Marvin, how are you tonight? Doing great, doing great. It's a pleasure to be on with you guys. I got to start with that roll tide, though. Got to give them that one first. (laughs) That's great. Uh, A dominating effort, both offensively and defensively. Defense came through uh, to give Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide the victory over Clemson. They made plays when they had to. I think that's the, the key that I took away from that ball game, the defense they bent, but they didn't break in, in the key moments of the game. That's what I saw, Marvin. Give me your take before we talk about your outstanding career. Give me your take about that national championship game a couple of weeks ago. I think, you know, watching that game, I've seen Alabama's program come full circle because, to me, that onside kick, I mean, that was something that I never expected. I never would have saw Coach Saban doing something like that. So, to me, it was just seeing that program, it was just a culmination of all the years of hard work and effort, you know, rolled into one in that game because, you know, defense was struggling to stop them. You know, it was a back-and-forth game. Offense was keeping up with them. And I, Coach, he knew the only way, you know, we would get ahead in this game is we had to try something. And, and they tried it, and it worked. And, I mean, it was, it was just a great effort because don't get me wrong, Deshaun Watson is an amazing player. I mean, he by himself put that team on his back and carried them. And I hate to see him next year. But, I mean, they played a great game on both sides of the ball. I agree with you, and I have to give credit where credit's due. I was maybe at the beginning of the year a little bit on Alabama because of the lack of offensive experience prior to the season, especially with Jay Coker and Bateman at the quarterback position. But they really did come full circle in the way Lane Kiffin got that offense pumping at just the right time, peaking at just the right moment, and to have Heisman Trophy winner Derrick Henry really carry the load to wear down opposing defenses. I think that's what it was for me. And then to see that defense, especially you're a linebacker, to see Reggie Ragland really take over that position and really become the leader, in my opinion, of that defense, even though the front uh, four and, and the rotation that they had on the defensive line was a significant advantage throughout the season, the way he really was the emotional leader, Reggie Ragland, in my opinion, uh, just a dominant effort out of him, and I can't wait to see what he does on the next level. But I want to talk about your career, a personal favorite of mine. I followed your career from your first year in Tuscaloosa. I know you were redshirted in 1998. You had an outstanding 1999 season. You were named to the all-freshman SEC team. 
talk to me about the, that year in terms of 1999, what it meant for you, and more importantly, what it meant for you to play for former head coach Mike DeBose. You know, honestly, that, that season, it was it was a tough one for me coming off 1998 because, you know, I was reasserted, and I've never played behind anybody in my life. So that was a new experience for me, not, you know, starting it because, I mean, that's that's just what I was used to. So, you know, that, that whole year, that whole spring, I dedicated myself to going out there and making sure that they knew who was the best player on that field. So, you know, playing for Coach DuBose, it, it was great. You know, it was fun. You know, him being a former defensive coordinator, former Alabama player, him along with Coach Rousey, uh, who's also a former Alabama player, I mean, I really, truly enjoyed those guys. You know, Jeff Rousey's like, man, he was one of the greatest coaches you could ever imagine. So much energy and excitement. You know, him along with Ellis Johnson, it was like, it was just a great relationship on and off the field. And for me personally, it was like a dream come true because, you know, you grow up in Tuscaloosa selling Cokes in the stadium. You know, you look down and be like, yeah, one day I'm going to light this up. And to actually be able to do it, saying that I was going to do it at a young age, oh, it meant the world to me. I have to give you a lot of credit because I really admired your intensity. That's the one thing that yeah, I knew you brought each and every Saturday was intensity, work ethic, and just your physicality at the position. I mean, you're talking about a team back in 1999 that had great great talent across the board, offensively, defensively. You had Sean Alexander. You had Andrew Zhao. Uh, at, at the linebacker position, you had another guy named Salim Rashid who uh, I admired the way he played, but uh, just top-flight talent each and every week, not only on your team, but throughout the conference in the SEC. Talk to me about what it meant for you to play in the conference back then because we're talking about NFL talent week in and week out. I know the dominance of the SEC now, but the type of NFL talent that you went up against each and every Saturday in the SEC, I mean, unbelievable to say the least. I will say this. I will say the talent back then was a lot better across the board. You know, people people don't understand what we truly went against every Saturday. You know, one Saturday, you know, we were playing against Deuce McAllister. Next Saturday, Jamal Lewis, Travis Henry, you know, guys like that. Uh, Rundell meeting all those guys down at LSU. That's when Florida had all those Olympic sprinters, Bo Carroll, John uh, Capel, all those guys in the backfield. You know, you had the Dante Stallworth at receiver. You know, it was it was just so much talent across the board. You know, you really had to, to, to be on your A game every week. And for me, the most fun that I ever had was playing against Jamal Lewis and Travis Henry because you knew pretty much every play, one of them two were going to run the ball. And it was just <laughs> fun. It was just, okay, who's going to be the biggest man at the end of the day? And that's what I enjoy more than anything else. You know, just, hey, let's go man-to-man, work this out, and let's see what happens. That's incredible. I mean, you mentioned some great talent. Deuce McAllister for Ole Miss. I mean, Travis Henry and Jamal Lewis for Tennessee. I mean, they went on to – all three of those guys went on to have great, outstanding NFL careers and to go up against them on the defensive side of the ball – the way you did is just incredible. You mentioned uh, uh, Rondell Mealy from LSU, uh, just a dominant runner of his time, uh, just incredible talent across the board. Talk to me about what it meant for you. You said you grew up in Tuscaloosa. Uh, you would you wanted to play for the Tide since you were a little kid, but talk to me about the talent that you grew up watching back in the day, uh, watching the Alabama Crimson Tide. 
Well, you know, watching them, oh, man, it was so many great players. You know, I would say David Palmer is actually one of my favorites. I had the pleasure of actually watching him play in high school when they came to play Central when I was, you know, real, real young. So I got to see him before Alabama got to see him, you know, before it was the deuce, you know. So watching him, oh, man, that was so exciting. You know, watching the Derek Odens, you know, the Cornelius Bennett, uh, uh, Derek Thomas, you know, all those guys, you know, the Copelands, the Currys. And just because, I mean, I just love, you know, to play defense, and I love, you know, physicality. You know, I always love to see a defense that just went out there, you know, put the helmet on and said, okay, let's go. And that was what a lot of it was in the late 80s and the early 90s. Right, it was. You're right. And guys like Lemansky Hall, Sam Shade, uh, a personal favorite for mine on the offensive side of the ball. I love Prince Wimbley back in the day. Derek Lassick, yep. I mean, George Teague. I mean, that was it back then. Uh, DeShay Townsend, I mean, those those dominant, dominant, shutdown defensive players, uh, unbelievable. I mean, we could go on and on. Derek Oden was another one at the linebacker position that just really, from a physical perspective, he would knock your block off back in the day in the early 90s. So uh, unbelievable when you think about the talent that roamed for Tuscaloosa back in the day. It's incredible. So to grow up watching them, and then to be a part of the Crimson Tide, like you said, had to be an amazing experience. Was there any other school that you even entertained when you, when you were a senior in high school or you knew from the start, if you got the offer, you were going to Alabama? Well, Alabama actually offered me early, uh, as most schools did, but there was one in right. particular that I almost gave them a run for their money. You know, Steve Spurrier, you know, that's when he had the Gators rolling, so... <laughs> I mean, it was, oh, man, I, I was definitely a fan. And the day when he came to my house, I was already committed to Alabama. And, you know, Tuscaloosa's small, so I guess some of the coaches seen that Florida plane at the airport. They already knew who he was coming to see. So <laughs> so my phone's blowing up while Coach Spurrier, I mean, I had a coach from Florida at my house. So it's like, uh, you going to pick that up? I'm like, nah, we'll get to that <laughs> later, you know. Because I seen on the call ID who it was, uh, we had to talk about it that moment. <laughs> well, that's incredible because in 1999, you go to the swamp, right? I mean, Andrew Zow's there, Sean Alexander's there. You get into that wild game, 40-39. to 39. I mean, talk to me about that. Was that bittersweet? Because I remember that game like it was yesterday. I mean, just an unbelievable game. I mean, offense, defense, your teammate plays when you had to. But talk to me about that game back in 99. Oh, man, that was that was probably one of my uh, more fun games while at Alabama. You know, we go to Florida, and they have some, like, ridiculous home game win streak going on. So, you know, we ended that home win streak and just playing against those guys. I mean, because, you know, we go out there on the field and it's pretty much dirt spray painted green because they cut the grass down to make this fast track. So, you know, Ellis Johnson, you know, he always liked to do a lot of blitz packages where the middle linebackers won a man-to-man on the running backs. And that's when they had, like I said, Bo Carroll and John Capel, you know, those guys who went and tried out for the Olympics So in 2000. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm about to have to cover Olympic sprinters. <laughs> This might not go so well today, but, you know, hey, a little bit of jersey pulling, a little bit of tackling, it all worked out. And, you know, it was just a great game, and I was glad we were able to pull it out in the end. Yeah, incredible performance. That that game, I mean, I have that game on, on DVD and tape. I watched that. Uh, just an incredible performance by your teammate, Sean Alexander, stepped up. Andrew Zell, another one. I've had the opportunity to interview Andrew, talk to him about that game. 
uh, incredible performance on the road, too. That's, that's what I love, when you see teams step up on the road and to go into a tough environment like the Swamp, you were big underdogs, and that didn't matter. You made plays, and you, you stopped the win streak. Incredible 40-39 to 39 performance. Incredible throughout your time in Tuscaloosa. Talk to me now. Obviously, LSU was a bittersweet game for you, that 23-17 to 17 victory. Again, you step up. You make a play. Last play of the game, you're a goal line stand. You do get injured, though. But, I mean, for, if it wasn't for you, LSU walks away with that victory. I mean, that was that was an incredible game. I, again, I had that game on tape. You came from the middle of the field to the sideline to stop Josh Booty on that play. I mean, you sold out. I mean, that's what football is. But just if it wasn't for you, you would have lost that game. Yeah, you know, it's bittersweet. You know, it's one of those things where you got to take the good with the bad. So, you know, for me, you know, it was all about stopping him because we knew we had to get that game in order to go on to the SEC championship. So, you know, it was, you know, pretty much all or nothing. You know, if you go back and you watch that play, you'll see me slapping all my, my teammates' helmets in front of me, trying to let them know how important it was and that we had to go do this. And we did it, but it didn't go quite like I thought it was going to go. So, you know, but that entire game, I mean, that was a great game. You know, I, I think I had, what, 12, 13 tackles that game, several for loss. You know, I mean, I was all over the field. I mean, I was pretty much doing whatever I wanted to do that game. And to have it end like that, you know, it's, it's bittersweet. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I have been forever immortalized because when you go and you Google the history of Bryant Denny Stadium, it talks about famous plays, and that's one of them. So, you know, 100 years from now, people still read about me and, you know, making goal line stand in Bryant Denny. They'll still see me on video in Bryant Museum. So, you know, it's a trade-off. But, you know, to be forever immortalized, to be in, you know, all the Alabama football history books, I mean, that's that's amazing because you, you think about how many thousands of players have played at Alabama. To be one of those players in all of the history books and on the websites and, you know, on DVDs and, you know, in the Bryant Museum, that is, that is an amazing accomplishment that, you know, a lot of people don't experience. Yeah, that, you're absolutely right about that. And, and again, the one thing that I can say when I watch Marvin Thompson play football, intensity, physicality, that is it in a nutshell. And that's what you want from the defensive linebacker position. You brought it each and every play. Talk to me about your mindset, the way you went about preparing for a game, not just during the season, but in the off season, your work ethic, what you had to do from the time you came from high school to you stepped up and became an all-freshman SEC selection. Well, I mean, there wasn't really much I had to do once I got to Alabama. You know, I was fortunate. I had a great high school coach, Buzz Busby, and a lot of other great people around me. So, you know, I was pretty much prepared for college or to be a college athlete by the time I was with a sophomore or junior in high school. You know, I was already benching well over 400 pounds, squatting over 600 pounds, you know, and I was 16, 17 years old. So by the time I got to Alabama, they actually put me on weightlifting restrictions. So, um, you know, I can't. Yeah, I came with all the tools. I mean, when I left high school, you know, I was benching 460 in high school as an 18-year-old, you know, squatting 625 at 18 years old. So, you know, it's pretty much like, okay, you're strong enough. We're going to need you to tone it down a little bit. So, you know, so once I got to Alabama, the biggest thing for me was just learning the playbook and the terminology and understanding the game, you know, how much more advanced it was, you know, from, from high school, learning all the different sets and what comes off all those sets and being able to make the correct checks and audibles when you get motions or formations, you know, it's just, 
you know, how can I process this information faster? You know, for me, it was about becoming the smartest linebacker, smartest football player that I could become. And that, and that's I hear that. I just interviewed former uh, standout for Syracuse and the Jacksonville Jaguars, Donovan Darius, who had an outstanding career. And the first thing he told me was, to become a better football player, you need to become a student of the game. In order to, uh, it's consistency, not just in the football life, but it's in your everyday life, whether it be the weight room, whether it be in film study. You need to be disciplined, and you need to have consistency across the board to make you a better football player. And that's the one thing that I hear from the great players that I do interview is that you're, you, how you attack a certain aspect of the game, whether it be you mentioned the weight room, you mentioned the film study, and what you had to do to become a better linebacker. And that's what I admire from you because to, to, to start and to, and to play as a redshirt freshman, I mean, that's incredible. And to have the dominance that you had at the position, that's the one thing that I take away from your game is that you were a leader as a freshman of that defense, I mean, number 45, I remember it. When you watch that season, you were the leader of that linebacker core, in my opinion. I mean, just the way you played the game, I, I, I just loved it because it was intense, and you brought physicality to the linebacker position. And that's the one thing when I look at the game back in the mid to late 90s, even the early 2000s, I don't see the type of physicality on the college level that we see today. And I know the evolution of the spread offenses, but on the defensive side of the ball. I don't see guys wrapping up consistently, you know, every Saturday, week in and week out. Talk to me about that because you mentioned it. The type of talent that you played up against and and you think that the game was better in your time there. You know, my biggest thing was I never wanted to end up on SportsCenter in somebody's highlight film. You know, I never wanted to be that guy. Because, you know, once you're on SportsCenter and you've been, you know, ran over or posterized, you know, your friends, your teammates, they'll never let you down. You know, you're, you're in film study and coach sees it. He just keeps rewinding it back. You see that? You see that? See, Ellis Johnson was good for that. He would rewind plays back that people got abused on or just ran them, and he would just show it, like, over and over and over. My objective was never to be that guy. But for me, the thing that really drove me most was I just always wanted to put so much fear in the heart of my opponent. I wanted him to know that I was coming each and every play, that I wasn't going to take a playoff, that I wasn't going to try to be soft with him. Nah, every play, we was going to do it, and we was going to do it like gladiators. I never want to be that guy where you just see a simple arm tackle. Yeah, if I'm an arm tackle, I'm still going to run to you and through you. You know, for me, it was just, you know, something about the game that just, it was just electrifying for me. You know, I would actually have to cut my mouthpiece over just a little bit of it because I would grit my teeth so bad, you know, because I'm out there really just trying to hurt people pretty much, you know. But I just love to lay people out. <laughs> that's great. That is great. And that's what you love to hear from, from linebackers. You want an attitude at the linebacker position. I mean, that's what you expect out of out of defensive players. You want a guy that wants to knock somebody's block off, and that's that's great to hear. And that's why I love talking to former players to hear about their intensity and, and you still sound like you can play today. I'll tell you one one thing that I love that would be funny to me though, you know, when we're in practice and we're doing like tackling drills, just to watch right. watching the guys who try to ease out of the line when they see where I'm at, you know, try to slide back a position or two so they <laughs> because they all knew whether it was practice or a game, it was gonna be the same speed. It wasn't gonna be a play taking off. 
I mean, you see them, they ease out of line, try to slide back, act like they're tying their shoe or something. <laughs> That's great. That and, and that, again, you just brought up a, a thing that I, I think when you talk about the great players, it's not just the game day situations. It's what you do in practice. You're going 110% during practice to make yourself a better football player. And that's what I hear each and every time I interview the great ones is that the intensity, it's not just a game. It's during practice that you're willing to, to sell out and give it your all to make you a better football player. And that's what I admire, Marv. And it's great, great information. I, I Unbelievable. I love it. Talk to me about after now your time at Tuscaloosa. Talk to me. I know you wrote a book now, A Man Who Bleeds Crimson. Uh, talk to me about that in terms of your career overall, life after football, life on the field. Talk to me about the book that you just wrote and, and what you're doing in terms of football right now and in terms of staying close to the university. Well, for me, writing the book was my way of, of telling people how athletes deal with depression and other issues that we deal with. Because after I got injured, you know, that was a very dark time for me, you know, because to go from where I was to, you know, have to go through that injury to where I ended up and the problems that I was having, the complications, you know, being that young, it was very hard to deal with. You know, I didn't really have anyone to talk to because, you know, you can't really go talk to, you know, a six foot five, 300 pound man about, you know, your feelings because he's going to look at you like, really? So, you know, for, for me... It was just a way of me writing it. So hopefully, you know, one day some younger athlete coming up, you know, is experiencing some issues or something, you know, he can use it as a resource to know that, you know, yeah, big, strong football players are human too and have the same feelings and emotions. You know, it's just, you know, the game is meant to be for gladiators so people don't expect you to show them. So, you know, I, you know, it's okay, you know. You got to come to terms with it. Life happens. So that was the main reason why. And, you know, now I, I, I still go to Tuscaloosa. I frequent it a lot. Um, I do a lot of game day vending, and we actually make a lot of custom shirts for a lot of different people, different schools, different businesses. Um, my business partner is Derek Lassick, so we um, we make sound-activated shirts and other things along those lines, so that keeps us pretty busy. And by day, I teach engineering in a STEM program at Peachtree Charter over here in Atlanta. That's great. Derek Lassick, I mean, national champ back in the day. I mean, Derek Lassick running all over Miami. That's what Crimson Tide people uh, remember back in the day and epitomized just a dominant, dominant effort back for the 1992 national championship. Incredible. Uh, I, I don't know what to say, Marvin, but you're a true testament and a role model for athletes of all ages, really respected the way you played the game and loved hearing the intensity in your voice, and not just in, in the football life, but what you're doing now. I can tell that, that you will succeed and you are succeeding because you have a passion for what you do and no matter what it is. So uh, that competitive nature that, that, that just breathes through is, is unbelievable. Just talk to me quickly about the team overall and what you see from the linebacker position overall, from the college game to the NFL. Do we do you feel like it's a better product in, in today's game overall defensively? I know the rule changes and everything else that we see on Saturday and Sunday, but talk to me about what you see as a former player from uh, uh, from the linebacker position. Well, what I'm about to say, a lot of people probably are not going to like, but it's my opinion and I believe it to be true. Um, all this emphasis on safety, 
I think it's making the game a little too soft. It's almost getting to be like flag football. You know, when you play football, you know what you're doing. You accept the risk. You come in terms with it. It's almost like riding a motorcycle without a helmet. You know what you're doing. So, you know, you got to live with the consequences of your actions. But, I mean, I think they're making the game too soft. You know, you see a guy get hit now and they throw a flag and it's like, What's the flag for? I mean, he laid him out. I mean, he knew he was potentially going to get laid out when he ran across the middle. So why are you throwing the flag? So, I mean, I think they're really taking away from the game. I think, you know, people are too scared of public opinion these days. Everybody's worried about not getting sued or pleasing somebody. Let's play football like football is meant to be played, like Night Train Lane played, like Dick Buckers played, like Running Lock played. That was football. Some of the stuff I see today, I, I'm just, I mean, and, and to me, the way they're doing it, it makes it where offenses are getting so much more help now. You know, it's bad enough they're running all this spread garbage that, you know, it's not real football. That's basketball on the field to me, if you ask me. But now you're going to let them run this spread and run wild, and then you're going to say we can't hit them hard. I mean, it, it, it's like they want to just see them run up and down the field and score points. You know, what they always say defense win championships. You don't see a lot of that anymore because of all this spread stuff and because of how they're protecting these players. How many times have you seen a guy pull up on a receiver and he catches the ball and goes on to score when in the past he would have hit him and he would have probably dropped the ball? But because he's so scared of being fined or being ejected, he pulls up. I mean, I think they're taking a, a lot away from the game. I agree with you 100%. I'm a defensive guy. I, I am with you 100%. I want to see physicality, intensity on the defensive side of the ball. I don't want to see give me touchdowns where – and I agree with you. I think everybody now, the casual fan, just wants to see teams score on each and every possession. That's not football. I want to see the defensive component of the game. I love watching a game 17-13 to 13, where the, the offenses actually have to work methodically to score points. Big plays are great, but when they're, they're happening, there's no defense. And then you're right, it's like a seven-on-seven seven drill. So I'm in a total agreement with you. And I, that's why I wanted to ask you the question, because I sort of had an idea where you were, gonna, where you were uh, leaning with that question. But it's great to hear what do you feel well, about the Crimson Tide? I mean, do you feel like they they well, they are the epitome of defense when you think about it in, in today's game, what Nick Saban has been able to do there, but do you feel like they have the pieces in place, no matter who they lose this year, to still re- regroup, recharge, and win another national championship? Um, before I answer it, i got to tell you what my favorite game was. We lost, though. My favorite game yes. watching under Nick Saban was Alabama-LSU, that 9-6 game in Tuscaloosa that everybody said was boring. Oh, that was by far the most fun I've ever had watching football. It was it was a slugfest, but I enjoyed it. Not one touchdown score off. Oh, I loved it. But as far as today's current team, I think we'll be fine. I'm looking forward to seeing Bo Scarborough. You know, he's a product of Tuscaloosa. I'm looking forward to see him carry the ball. I, I mean, I know he's going to be electrifying. He is going to be highly entertaining. I mean, he has that rare package of skills, you know, the speed, the power, the quickness, the shiftiness. I mean, you're talking about a guy that can do it all. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to that. And defensively, I mean, okay, we lost those three guys up front. But, I mean, look at how many guys we were plugging and playing with this year. So I'm looking forward to seeing Deshaun Hand and all those guys, 
you know, come in and step in and, and, and lead, you know, this is their time to shine. You know, that's how it's been the past few years. You know, the next guy moves on, now it's my time to shine. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. And I was happy to see a lot of those guys come back that could have left early. You know, I, I think that that was a sign that how committed they are to the program and to themselves and bettering, you know, both sides. Because, you know, some of those guys could have left and been, you know, late first round, second round picks. And, you know, no one could have said anything to them. But because they were committed to themselves in the program, they're coming back for another year. So I can definitely see this team making a lot of noise. I think that defense might actually be a lot better this year than it was this past year. I mean, because when you sit back and you look at it, that defense, as great as it was, I mean, it was a rotation up front. They're only losing, what, three guys up front and, what, one linebacker? And so, I mean, the pieces they're replacing, they got them in place already, and they were already playing this year. So it's not like we got to go out and find guys. They already have the guys, and they already have experience. They already know what they're doing. So now they're just going to do it a lot more than they did it this past year. So, honestly, I think that defense might be a lot better this year. That's a great point. Well, if it's better than it was last year where it was the number one ranked statistical rushing defense in the country, they they led the country in sacks with 50 entering that national championship game. It's going to be a dominant, dominant defense to say the least. And I would not count out Nick Saban and his ability to coach up talent. So, Marvin, I agree with you. I can't wait to see what 2016 has in store for the Alabama Crimson Tide. But just great information from a great player. I mean, the way you play the game is what I really admire, a leader on and off the field. I'd love to have you on again a little bit later in the year as spring ball comes in. We'll talk about the Crimson Tide. We'll talk about the talent that they have coming in from a recruiting angle. I just hope you enjoyed it today. Oh, any, hey, I enjoyed it as well. You know, feel free to have me on anytime. You know, I'd I love to be your Alabama correspondent. You know, hey, I'm up for that one any day of the week. Great. I'd love to have you. I'll be in touch. Thanks for joining me today, Marvin. All right, thank you. Bye. Former standout during his time there, standout. Yes, my personal favorite, Marvin Constant, all-freshman SEC linebacker selection back in 1999. Unbelievable guy. Intensity, physicality, the way he played the game. If you have old tapes, watch that game. 1999, LSU, trailing 23-17, to goal line stand by Marvin Constant to seal the deal in Tuscaloosa. Crimson Tide get it done 23-17. to He did suffer career-ending injury in that ball game, but Marvin Constant was an intense football player. You heard it in his voice. You heard how he feels like in the mid-90s was the time to play college football from an SEC conference perspective as well. The talent that they went up against each and every Saturday within the conference, unprecedented. Love to hear what he has to say about the program as well. He did write a book, A Man Who Bleeds Crimson. You could pick that up on Amazon. Check that out. I'm going to have Marvin Constant on a little bit later in the year. We'll talk Alabama 2016 preview a little bit later in the month of March. but. This is just the start of all the interviews that I do in the offseason. Where are they now? Because this is what's great about college football, hearing star players tell their stories 
each and every week. That's what I love about the game. You can stick with me all season long on Go for the Two. I want you to have a great week and listen to the show.